Well, football season is upon us. Most people have a team that you love, you want to support it, and you want to see your team win. And your team may even have that competitive edge, but you can't be sure of victory until the clock has completely run down. Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And this week, we're joined by Blake Gideon, and we'll introduce Blake in just a moment. But what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the book of 1 John to see that even though we can't be sure of victory on the football field, at least until the game's over, we don't have to wait until our lives are over to know we've been victorious in Christ. In Christ, we can be sure of victory. Chris, Glad you're joining me for this podcast. Hey, man. Thank you. So uh, one of the, the icebreaker questions that we offer up for our groups is what's your favorite comeback story? So that lends itself to a lot of football stories. And Blake, I know that you're an Oklahoma fan. And so I'm sure that you're going to want to talk about Boise State, Oklahoma several years ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to Blake. If y'all, uh, if, help us. <laughs> if, uh, if you weren't with us on a previous podcast, Blake Gideon, Dr. Blake Gideon is a pastor of First Baptist Edmonds, Oklahoma. Blake is also the writer of this particular study we're in the midst of right now, which is called No Doubt. Uh, if you were with us for that first podcast, you know that Blake uh, has a solid grasp of God's word and a passion for it. And what I love is how uh, he has just helped us uh, from all our various perspectives of life to really get a good handle on First John. So you're going to get to hear uh, Blake uh, just in a moment to share with us in this podcast. But before I, before I forget, I don't want to drop this. This is not the only podcast Blake Gideon is a part of. Blake, you have two, count them, two podcasts you're a part of, correct? That's correct. I have uh, one podcast uh, or called Engaging the Mind, where we, get pe- where we strive to get people to think biblically about everyday issues of life. And uh, right now, uh, Engaging the Mind is on pause just through July. We're going to pick back up in August. However, there is so much material on the podcast already, doctrinal material, worldview issues, uh, uh, social issues. We, we don't, you know, we seek to avoid no subject, fear no man, and seek no glory uh, <laughs> is, is the theme of, of the podcast. And then I have a podcast entitled uh ask the pastor where people can submit questions and then i i seek to answer them off the cuff uh using scripture of course uh at that podcast all right and i just encourage you to uh to check those out so uh do we want to talk about a comeback story that involves oklahoma well not really (laughs) specifically not the one that he's referring to (laughs) <laughs> that was painful, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely painful. <laughs> uh, it's a dramatic, dramatic comeback story. Uh, when yeah. I'm, we're, we're in Nashville, so uh, the Music City Miracle is a big thing for us where uh, the, the Titans came back against the Buffalo Bills and won on a last, se- last second at, on a kickoff, actually, with almost no time left um and 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 won a game and uh we have friends who uh work on uh, bible studies for life for buffalo bills fans and we'll we'll talk about that in a week or two uh with them but uh everybody loves a comeback story unless you're the guy that gets beat that's right right. 
So now let's keep this in mind. And during your Bible study groups, uh, it's always fun, especially with a men's group, uh, to kind of get them off of sports. Uh, But that's (laughs) that is actually a great way to start your Bible study to talk about those victories that in some ways weren't expected or you you never know what's going to happen. But the focus of us, we want to kind of make this segue here that it's because Jesus has won the victory. We are victorious. Because remember that. Go ahead, Chris. Before we jump into that, Lynn, uh, Blake, you tell a story about growing up in um, Oklahoma uh, with bulls. That is a different way to talk about um, that victory and and that tension without it being sports related. Oh, so we're not talking Chicago Bulls. Okay, I got you. I grew up in farm and ranch life. That's how I grew up as a kid. So I was always around livestock. I was always around cattle. And I can remember going out with my uncle to feed the cattle. And, and we had, we had two bulls. He had an older bull and a younger bull and they would always fight one another. And uh, if you've ever seen bulls fight, basically what they do is they put their heads together and they just shove and, and that's how they fight. And whoever shoves the furthest one back is the one that usually wins. And I talk about how there was an older bull and a younger bull. And most of the time the older bull would win because he was stronger, even though the younger bull was quicker. And, but every now and then the younger bull would win. And you really didn't know there was some doubt there about who <laughs> would be victorious. Um, and, and I just apply that to the fact that we, there's no doubt with Christ uh, without a shadow of a doubt, if we've trusted in Christ, we have the victory already. That's very true. We have victory over doubt. That's what we're going to start with. We're in First John chapter 3 for this particular Bible study. Now let me pick up in verse 19. Uh, I'm going to read verses 19 through 22. And then, uh, Blake, Chris, I'm going to turn it back to you guys. Uh, John wrote these words. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts. and He knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and we receive uh, whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Yeah. I just, you know, as we talk about the fact that we, we have victory already in Christ. It's one of the things I tell uh, our congregation here at first Baptist Edmund, and it's not new of me, of course, I've heard other preachers say it, but we don't, one of the keys to like spiritual warfare or overcoming doubt is realizing that we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from, from victory. And that's important. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We already have victory over sin and death and hell and the grave, which means that we have victory over, over doubt and we can be certain of our salvation. Uh, I mean, you clearly see that in the passage that you just read. He talks about, how God wants our hearts reassured in that passage. Well, reassured of what? Of the victory that we already have in Christ. God wants us to have that assurance in our hearts. But God also knows that because of our fallen sin nature that still lives within us, there are going to be times when our heart condemns us. And uh, But we have to remember, as the text says, God's greater than our hearts. Okay, so even though our hearts condemn us, God's greater than our hearts. So what does that mean? That means 
that God wants you to have assurance. He doesn't want you to feel condemned. He wants you to have assurance or assurance of what? Assurance of the victory that you have in Christ. And so I think that that is, that is so important is to remember that we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. And when our heart condemns us, we're to remember that God is greater than our heart and God desires for us to have assurance of our victory in Jesus. That's a good word. I think one of the things we have to be aware of when we're talking about this passage in a group setting is that there are going to be people in our groups who have experienced failure, who have experienced sin, who have uh, made mistakes. And that's the why behind why their hearts condemn them. They, they, they know their hearts. They know what they've done. They know the errors and the failures that they have had. So doesn't change the fact that you're exactly right. Even when we fail, even when we don't live up to God's uh, standards, even when we don't live up to our own expectations and we have a sense of failure in our hearts, uh, the victory is ours. We do live out of victory as opposed to uh, being our lives being based on the failures that we experience. You quote uh, Romans uh, 8, 1 uh, in this passage, and it's a good reminder for us. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. Absolutely. I want to caution the teachers, too, as, as you're unpacking what Blake has written here and certainly unpacking the passage. Don't pass over this too quickly in the sense of, you know, you're touching on it because everybody knows this. Not everybody knows this. I just think doubt is such a common ailment in the church. Doubt is so strong. And uh, to sit here and park on this and prop and let people process it, think it through to see that. I don't have to doubt. I can know for sure. And, and not that is to say that not only do you not have to doubt, but also to say that doubt is not from God. True. Right. And so the doubt, so if someone is, so the doubt that a true Christian feels, they have to realize where that's coming from. That's either coming from their own fallen sin nature or it's coming from the enemy himself. Why? Because we know that God doesn't send doubt. We know that God doesn't want us to doubt because this passage says that God reassures our hearts, right? That we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts. God wants us to have reassurance or assurance. So it's not God condemning us. It's not God giving us the doubt. We have to realize that that's part of spiritual warfare. And I, and I think another thing I, so we, we have to realize, if you indeed are a Christian, where the doubt's coming from. And I also want the teachers to understand, don't, don't look over that idea of the fact that, uh, that most of the, I would say that most of the people coming into your class either have forgotten or they don't know that they're fighting from victory and not for victory. And so, I would, yeah, I would I would remind them that God is there to reassure our hearts, not to not to cast doubt. And God has already given us the victory in Jesus Christ, which bring which brings up the next question is someone may, may say, well, how do I know I have victory? And that's a, and that's a whole different question than, you know, than doubt. But I, I think I think it's a legitimate question. How do I know I have victory? 
Well, he tells us in this verse how you can know. He says, uh, if you look at, if you look at um, chapter three there, and uh, oh, uh, okay, verse twenty-three, he says, "Now this is now this is his command that we believe in the name of Jesus Christ and we love one another." So, mm-hmm. how do you know you have victory? Well, first of all, have you have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And number two, are you seeking to love, to love your brother or to love one another? I'm not saying you love perfectly, but the desire of your heart is to love. Well, and that lo- yeah, and that love, I think, uh, like as I'm hearing you, that love is an outgrowth of my faith in Christ. Absolutely, it's a fruit of the spirit. Absolutely, yeah. And that's a great transition into that into that next section, Lynn. Yeah. Now. Uh, it, Chris knows this about me. Uh, you guys were talking sports earlier. I'm a totally a non-sports person. So when I, when I would show up at the office and people are talking about the weekend uh, college game they watched, or maybe it was a Friday night football game, and they're so excited because they say, we won. And I always laugh and go, you weren't on the field. You didn't win. But then I began to process that and think about that uh, from a Christian perspective, you know, I, I can say I, I've won. No, I didn't. Christ won. But because of Christ, because I am, I've trusted him and I'm in Christ, his victory becomes my victory, uh, which, uh, which I see this in this passage, Blake, that we're looking at verses 23 and 24. Uh, we have this victory. We can know that because we remain in him and we have that faith in him. His victory is mine. Yeah. And, and, you know, he tells us that, you know, we can know these things by the fruit that we bear. And, and specifically, he talks about faith and love in this passage of scripture. So you can know you have the victory already in Christ if you've believed and if you're seeking to walk in love. That's evidence of God's spirit in you. You know, when you were talking, another passage that came to my mind was in Romans eight, you know, that familiar passage uh, that some theologians refer to as the golden chain of salvation. Mm-hmm. Those who foreknew he predestined those whom he predestined. Uh, uh, he called and those whom he called, he justified and those whom he justified, he glorified. And I just think it's so remarkable that Paul refers to glorification in the past tense right. passage. Now, we know justification is past. The moment I trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'm declared not guilty because Christ paid the punishment for my sin. And so uh, because of Christ's atoning death, I am declared not guilty. I'm justified. We get that. But Paul says we're glorified as well. Those who be justified, he glorified. And he speaks of glorification in the past tense. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not glorified yet. I mean, <laughs> I've got aches and pains and I've got sin nature, but Paul, so why does Paul speak of it in the past tense? Because it's as good as done. Paul uses glorified because our salvation is already sealed in Christ. We already have the victory. Our glorification is certain. So if you ever, if you know, if you doubt whether or not you have the victory right now, uh, then, then lean on the faith of the apostle Paul who <laughs> said, I'm already seeing myself as glorified 
because I already have the victory in Jesus Christ. Wow. Good word. Good word. So uh, you also referenced uh, John uh, 15, one through eight uh, in that, in connection to uh, abiding or remaining in Christ. And uh, you make this statement, mutual fellowship between believers in Jesus is the highlight of the Christian experience. And that's a, such a strong statement. And it's so true. And I hope that uh, the folks in our Bible studies will uh will connect with that idea that remaining in Christ uh, is, is so significant in our, in our walk with Christ. That's a part of how we overcome doubt that we experience and receive victory in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a reciprocal effect when we, when we abide in Christ, uh, you know, when we abide in Christ, we, uh, we, we know God on a more intimate level, on a more increasing level. And therefore we, love God in a more increasing level. We, we obey God and we glorify God. And I think that that reciprocal effect is also seen in the relationships that we have with other believers. The more I abide in Christ, not only does that, not only does that result in me knowing God more, loving God more, obeying God more, glorifying God more, it also results in me knowing you more, loving you, know, loving you more, serving you more, and lifting you up more. And so, I mean, that's really the life, the victorious life that the Lord wants us to live. And wow. I promise you, if you make that your goal in life, uh, doubt will run from that type of life. <laughs> that's well said. Hey guys, if it's all right, let me, let me take us on a little further and uh, let's jump into chapter four. Uh, what we're going to see here is this idea that this victory we're talking about, we have victory because Jesus has conquered the world. Let me just begin in verse one. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, this is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you've heard is coming even now, it is already in the world. Now, here's the great verse. I love verse four. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So, Blake, you have referred to um, the victory that is already ours, and this just reinforces that again and again and again. He, it, it, he has conquered them and the one that is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It's a great conclusion uh, to, to what we've talked about throughout this, this uh, session. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, one of the things that John is writing against here is that, you know, that old ancient heresy of Gnosticism um, that, that, that believes all flesh is evil. And there's no way that Jesus would have took on human flesh. And, right. uh, and, and as a result of this false teaching, of course, believers were being tempted to doubt. And so Paul, I mean, I'm sorry, John writes that in order to help them overcome their doubt. So think about that. Hey, are you doubting? Well, you shouldn't because you're God's little children. He's conquered them. So therefore, you've conquered them. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so it's that whole idea that already right now we are more than conquerors um, 
you know, through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So true. Uh, glad that we're having this opportunity to address the issues of of doubt that believers experience. Uh, great to hear and be reminded of the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. So uh, we want to thank you, Blake, for uh, writing, for sharing with us, uh, for help pointing us to the victory that is ours in Christ and living out of that victory. Uh, it's a great reminder for us. Lynn, you got anything for us? Yes. Uh, as you're having this really good discussion. Let me remind you, and this is something to remember every week. Save time at the end to do some application. Uh, if, if you're having this great study and you're only about halfway through the passage, well, that's okay, but just make sure you save some time at the end to apply it. Uh, Bible study is wonderful, but if all we're doing is studying the Bible for the sake of study, we're missing. God revealed his word to us to transform our lives. Yeah. So look at what God's, what God's word is saying in this passage as we talk about victory. God, what do you want to do in my life? How to, how, where, do you, where do I need to apply this to my life? Allow time during your group time for them to, to talk about that. Uh, don't assume that they'll, they'll automatically make that jump, but just pause. Okay, guys, so, uh, I call it the so what factor. So we've heard all this. So what? What difference is it going to make in our lives? Please allow some time for that because that's where God's word now begins to work in their life and see this is not just some just old ancient book. God is speaking to me today, and I see what he wants me to do with it. But Blake, thank you again for setting this up for us to come to that point to see what God wants to do in my life. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, brother. It's been an honor. Well, Blake, we're going to give you the last word. Well, just I would just say to everyone who's listening and going to be preparing these lessons to, to remember the words of the Apostle Paul and, uh, you know, when he said to the church at Corinth to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for this is the only work that's not in vain. God Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast and come back and be with us next week as we continue our study of No Doubt.